so good to be back up here again. I think the last time was uh, Mother's Day that I was up here giving a word. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to be back up here and share with you what God has laid on my heart. And um, I'm just really excited for all the people that are tuning in online that you'll have a chance to, to be present with us from the comfort of your couch, right? And if you're feeling up to it soon, please feel free to come in person. We are a pretty fun bunch. So my talk today is um, Everlasting Joy. And I've kind of been on a, a journey this fall, just thinking and praying about joy and where it comes from and how we get more of it. So it's been near and dear to my heart, um, I'd say probably about the last three to four months. I hope everyone had a good Christmas yesterday. Um, it's such a, a fun time of the year for many of us. We get to see people that maybe we haven't seen in a long time. We get to eat lots of good food and um, we get to play games sometimes. Um, I married into a family, the Craigs, that play games a lot and they're pretty intense. So I have to always mentally prepare myself to you know, accept that challenge. Um, speaking of food, though, my husband made some homemade sushi for the first time yesterday. I was pretty impressed. It was pretty good. It was, I think he spent four hours making this sushi. I didn't realize how intense that was and what a project it was. So, um, yeah, I think we are, we're into sushi now. <laughs> so hopefully he'll do it again. Um, we were at my mother-in-law's for the, the Christmas afternoon, and we watched the Packer game which was pretty intense. Yeah, I, that's right. Some people were actually there in person. I mean, it was an intense game. I, I have to be honest with you. I thought they were gonna lose. Did other people, I mean, like I hate to like say that about our, our Packers, but I thought they were gonna lose yesterday. Um, and towards the end, I'm like, I don't think this is gonna be good. And they pulled it off. They really did good. So even more fun to be in person. How exciting. Um, I hope that all of you get to have some fun today. You know, I heard a little one going to the back. She's like, we get to have another Christmas today. And it's just neat to see that excitement um, in those little ones about this season, the season of, of fun and not quite sure what to expect. And they're not quite sure what's going to happen they know that maybe there's going to be some good food and maybe a gift or two, um, but they're just excited. And I love that innocence, that innocent excitement that they have. And life should be fun, right? Um, I picked this picture because A, I love summer. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, like I could sit in the sun all the time, which is probably not good for me. Um, but I love to be out in the sun and doing fun things. A wise woman um, once taught me and told me that life should be fun. And that's my mother-in-law. Um, she said, don't ever put on my tombstone. Mary was a hard worker. She did, did a lot of stuff. She said, you put on my tombstone. Mary was fun. She enjoyed life. She played games with her grandkids. She ran out in the snow with her own kids. She went sledding. 
she had fun. I think sometimes we get too serious and we forget to have fun. And that brings me to today's sermon. Um, how, How can we have everlasting joy? Does it happen by chance? I think there's kind of a formula that God has given us. And we find it in this book, in the Bible. God's given us the Bible as a tool, as a guide. And yes, folks, we need to open it and look at it to know what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live. And the Bible is still relevant today. And some of us have forgotten that. So I think part of that formula is thankfulness. Thankfulness is the main ingredient. You know, during Christmas, we're always looking at recipes and trying to find uh, new things to make. For this formula, thankfulness is the first step. How often do we give thanks? Maybe at mealtime? Maybe in the morning? Or maybe we remember before we go to bed? Do you find it difficult to give thanks? Or is it easy? The answer to that question is really different for each one of us. It's individualized. Did you know that thankfulness actually opens your heart to God's presence? When we're thankful, we're opening our hearts to hear God. Praising God and thanking him is spending time in his presence. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's a hard one sometimes, pray continually. How do we do that? How do we give thanks in all circumstances? When we're giving thanks, it really does open the door, right? There's some action there. We're thanking God, and it opens the door. I want you to visualize that. It opens our minds and our hearts to God's thoughts for us. We may still be in the same place with the same set of circumstances, but it's like a light has turned on, helping us to see things from God's perspective. Thankfulness is the starting point. Now, I know there's some people sitting out there and listening online today 
And you're thinking, you don't know my circumstances. Heidi, you don't know how bad things are in my life. I wouldn't even know where to start or how I would begin to even think about giving thanks. And you're right. I don't know your story, and I'm not going to sit up here and, and pretend that I do. I'm not going to sit up here and pretend that you're not hurting right now, or that maybe this Christmas has been the most difficult Christmas for you to date, because maybe you've lost someone who was so close to you that it's so hard to wake up each day. COVID has been so painful for so many people. And they've lost people that they love and cherished. And they've lost them quickly. They've gone sick fast. And it's hard. But I want to reassure you, I'm not up here today because I'm able to see that, that I'm able to say that my life was perfect or easy. If anybody knows me at all, they know that I had a very difficult childhood. A lot of hard things happened to me, and I had to live through. I also did not make the best choices in my early well, let's say mid-20s as well. I made some pretty bad choices. But it's by God's grace that I'm up here. By God's grace that he's used me. And I praise the Lord for that. Gosh, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that he gave me another chance and he saw something valuable. And he sees that in each and every one of you. God's knocking at your door. He wants you. I'm not a perfect wife. You can probably ask Dustin that. Or mother. Yes, I've yelled at my kids more than I'd like to admit. But I get up each day and I thank God for a new day. How, how many of you like wake up and you're like, okay, thank you, it's, it's a new day. I'm gonna try to be better. I'm gonna try to make the best out of this day. Isn't that just something to really be thankful for, for a new chance, a new day, to try to love like Jesus? That's what he's called us to do, is to, to love like him. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Why is that so hard to love one another? It is sometimes. 
So maybe for some of you, it's starting by trying to give thanks for something every morning. Maybe you're thankful that you woke up. Maybe you're thankful that you have some warm blankets. Maybe you're thankful you're up before the kids and you don't hear anybody crying or screaming. (laughs) Pastor Romine, who, who was a pastor here for a number of years, once said that before his feet even hit the floor, before he even gets out of bed, he starts spending time with God. He starts talking with him and giving thanks and praise. And I've, I've kept that thought with me. And I've tried to start doing that in the morning before I even get out of bed. As soon as I open my eyes, try to find something to thank God for. So as our formula continues, uh, there's a step two. So it involves giving thanks. Uh, But we also need to be present. We need to be in God's presence, which is a hard thing sometimes. It's a splendid place to be. Have you ever just sat still for a while in God's presence? Just absolutely sat still with no distractions? Ever just listened for him? I know a lot of people say, well, God doesn't speak to me. God doesn't talk to me. For a lot of people, I agree. He doesn't, he doesn't audibly maybe say something. But I question, does he stir something in your heart? Does something come to mind? Does someone come up and say something to you? And it really strikes a chord inside. And some, for some of us, we haven't sat still in God's presence for years. We're just too busy. We have too much going on. Well, today, I want us to do that. I want us to be still in God's presence. So I have a little activity. I like to do things because I, I, I don't know. I think it's just more fun when we can be active, right, and do things. You might be wondering why we would want to sit in God's presence today. Um, and I think it's because we're out of practice. We're so distracted with things. This thing, this thing's pretty distracting. It buzzes or it chirps or it sings to you. Or for a lot of people, there's updates on Facebook and I want to see what the latest thing was. I I think I have two right now. Yep. I got Snapchat just to kind of see what my children are doing and other things. And then they want the snap wants you to open it and like it or say something back. Or maybe that person might have hurt feelings that you didn't answer them right away. Our, our cell phones are a huge distraction. But there's a lot more than that. I think anything that takes us 
And our time away from God can be a distraction. It could be laundry. It could be dishes. It could be TV. Some of us get so busy in work that we make work a distraction. I just, I just got to spend one, one more hour at work. So today I'd like you to take a minute and, and think. Think of a place that you love to go to. Think of a place you love to be. So everybody kind of got that, that spot in their mind? That place they love to be? I'm gonna ask you to do something with me. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to kind of go there. And you watching online too. I want you to think about where is that spot? Where is that place you love to be? And then close your eyes. Why do you love that place? What are the smells? What do you feel in that place? Next, I want you to picture Jesus there with you, sitting right next to you. I want you to listen. Does he say anything to you? Does anything stir in your heart? What do you feel? I want you to open your eyes. And that was that was only a couple minutes. But I'm wondering if, even in that short time, you were able to experience anything. If you did, I want you to, to write it down. 
is there a way you could try to spend more time in God's presence? Is there a way you can make that happen? Be still and know that I am God. What a powerful verse. This is actually my life verse. I use this verse so often. Just just being still and knowing that he's in control and he's leading is a hard thing. But he is in control. It's not us. As much as we'd like to think it's us, we're not in control. So our formula, thankfulness, being in God's presence equals everlasting joy. When I start thinking about this more, I think about Paul, a man beaten and bruised for preaching the gospel, stuck in a prison cell, probably cold and hungry, Who would blame him for being frustrated and disappointed with life? Right? Let's let's be real. That would be so hard. Instead, Paul writes letters to the church that uses the word joy or rejoicing at least 14 times. Even though Paul was in a terrible situation he still thanked God. He found something to be thankful for. And he praised him. And that that opened the door. Paul's in prison. And it's not looking good. Yet he's giving thanks and praising God. And it opens the door to his heart and mind, to be in God's presence, to hear from God. And he found joy. In those dire circumstances, he was able to find joy. And today with Paul, I I choose joy. Do you? This is what Paul said, Philippians 1, 3 through 6. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And God has begun a good work in each and every one of you. And he wants to see it to completion. He didn't start working in your heart and in your mind to just have fun. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to have a relationship with him. What is it that causes God to be filled with joy? 
Have you ever thought about that? I think the answer will, will humble us. You are what causes God to be filled with joy. Each and every one of us are unique and special, and God loves you so much. He loves you completely. So our formula, we need thankfulness. Each day, we have to find things. Be purposeful about giving thanks. Let your kids or other family members see you giving thanks. Say it out loud. Say it driving on the highway. Throughout the day, start giving thanks. And sit in God's presence. I challenge you to to find some time every day just to sit, put everything else away, and just be still. And maybe imagine God sitting right next to you. And listen. What does he say? What do you feel? And then receive it. Receive the everlasting joy that he has for us because he loves you and he's created you and he wants you to have a relationship